Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study, about 13 minutes each day. Keeps us in God's Word seven days a week, and that helps us to stay strong and even grow stronger in our faith because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. But it also helps keep us more focused on a relationship with God and thinking about our spiritual lives and being better able to deal with life every day. You know people in your life who need to turn their thinking around, don't you? Who need to change their focus and start thinking about their soul's salvation. Help them by sharing these short studies with them every single day. With everybody you can, through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. With your family members, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors. With literally everybody you can every day you may help somebody get to heaven. What a great blessing that will be for them, but also for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're going to get back into our line of thought and study, talking about five days of Jesus. And I've brought out that there's a particular worship song that is striking in its really focused message and methodical approach in teaching us about five days, five pivotal days, five precious days of Jesus. Now, we've looked at the first two. I want to read those first two verses again to you and then launch into the third day of Jesus. One day when heaven was filled with his praises, one day when sin was as black as could be, Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin, dwelt among men, My example is he, the first day of Jesus. One day they led him up Calvary's mountain. One day they nailed him to die on the tree, suffering, anguish, despised, and rejected, bearing our sins. My Redeemer is he, the second day of Jesus. First day he left heaven and became man born of a virgin. The second day, he trudged up Calvary's hill, the place of a skull, and was nailed to a cross between two thieves and died to pay the price for the guilt of our sins. The third day of Jesus. One day they left him alone in the garden. One day they rested from suffering. He rested from suffering free. Angels came down or his tomb to keep vigil. Hope of the hopeless, my Savior is he. One day, the third day of Jesus, they buried him in a tomb in a garden nearby where he had been crucified. In a garden on Golgotha or near Golgotha, near where he had been crucified. In John chapter 19, beginning with verse 38, we read the scripture account. After this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly, for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate, the Roman governor, that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him permission. So he came and took the body of Jesus. And Nicodemus, who at first came to Jesus by night, also came, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pounds. Then they took the body of Jesus and bound it in strips of linen with spices, 
as the custom of the Jews is to bury. Now, in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had yet been laid. So there they laid Jesus, because of the Jews' preparation day, for the tomb was nearby. Some have suggested, disbelievers, that Jesus never really died completely. He just kind of swooned. He passed out and uh, went into a coma, perhaps. No, he died. That Roman soldier was experienced, trained at killing. When he rammed that spear into Jesus' side, blood and water came forth. That Roman soldier knew exactly what he was doing. But Jesus had already died. And that's why the soldier did not break his legs to hasten his death. Jesus died on that cross. He was literally buried in that tomb. Matthew's account, Matthew chapter 27, verses 59 and 60, and we're reading excerpts here, verses 59 and 60, when Joseph had taken the body and he, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his new tomb, which he had hewn out of the rock, and he rolled a large stone against the door of the tomb and departed. And it has been suggested that that rock that covered the entrance to that tomb was huge and would take more than a simple one man to be able to move that rock away from the entrance to the tomb. Jesus was sealed in that tomb. We drop down to verse 65. Pilate said to them, this is to the Jewish leadership, because they wanted to make sure that nobody, none of Jesus' followers could come and steal away his body and make it look like he had been resurrected from the grave because he said he would arise. The tomb would not keep him down. Death would not hold him. He would arise from the dead. And so they wanted to ensure that nobody would come and steal his body and then spread the news that Jesus had arisen in fulfillment of his prediction, his prophecy. So they went to Pilate, the Roman governor, asked that Roman soldiers would be placed to guard the tomb entrance and that the rock covering that entrance would be, would be sealed. All right, so let's pick up with verse 65. Pilate said to them, you have a guard. Go your way. Make it as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure, sealing the stone and setting the guard. Well, they didn't want anything coming back on them and saying, ah, see there? But it was all a trick, a fraud. No, no, Jesus was in that tomb. But they were trying to guard against any kind of, well, scheming on the part of his followers to steal his body and make it look that he actually had risen. But Jesus did not need anybody to steal his body. That would not have been in fulfillment of his prophecy. The Jewish leadership, they needed to understand they were dealing with God the Son and also with God the Father. In John chapter 20 and verse 12, we read, 
and she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain, had lain. Now, the third day of Jesus, after he had died on that cross, they buried him in a tomb. They rolled a stone across the entrance, sealed it, and placed Roman guards to guard against anybody stealing his body and making it look like he had risen from the grave. We'll look at the, at the fourth day of Jesus next time. Let's pray. Father, you are all-powerful, and you are loving and gracious and merciful. And all of those qualities and characteristics are behind what you did in sending Jesus to that grave. First to die on the cross and then to be buried in that tomb and to demonstrate your power and authority behind everything that he taught and the identity that he claimed as your son and our Savior and Lord by raising him from the dead, Father. Praise, glory, honor, and thanks be to you. Please forgive us and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.